We live, bitch. Let's go. Hey, hey. <laughs> bang, bang on them. We got a lot to unpack today. A lot to unpack. This is the Fresh Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. GQ, a.k.a. Short Time, a.k.a. Poppy de Chocolate, a.k.a. The Foster Dad. And I'm the host of the show, The Fresh Podcast. We up here in the Love Loft, chilling. Turbo was here, laying on the ground. We got my homeboy. He's back again. What's going on? The legendary Mr. White Girls. <laughs> we got Mr. Mighty Casey. What's going on, GQ? How you doing, man? 502 in the building. Yeah, man. Just chilling, man. Just tired as fuck. Just working yeah, a whole man, lot. Just super worker, man. You was you was telling me, man. Shout, shout out to all the all, all the working people there putting them hours clocking OT. Hell yeah. I've been been putting in a lot, man. So like I was saying earlier, I'm excited. I can finally sleep in the crib tonight. Cause I ain't slept in my bed. In 14 days, I counted it on the, on my calendar. I was like, damn. So at least you you nodding off on the couch at least, right? Yeah, like yeah. it all depends because like I, I work early mornings, but I've been picking up night shifts. So some nights I might get off at midnight or 1 o'clock, 2, 2.30 or 3. So I'll just come in, walk the dog, take a shower, maybe catch a quick little nap on the couch and I'm back. Yeah. Or I'll sleep at work and I'll just have like a little – Dog walker come over and walk him and shit or whatever. So, yeah, man, I'm excited. I can sleep in the bed tonight, and I ain't got to wake up early as shit, so I'm happy about that. And tomorrow's my off – yeah, tomorrow's my off day. Today was my off day, too, but I worked this morning and shit. I almost fell asleep. Working on your off day. Yeah, I worked last night to 3 a.m., came home, showered, walked him. <laughs> then I was like, I took a shower. I'm, I should be refreshed. And I was like on the highway, kind of like dozing, like, oh shit, I gotta get to yeah, my destination. Nah, nah, I can't do that. Yeah, but I'm here. Some coffee, something like that. But I feel, I mean, it, 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 it's life is crazy. Some people say don't sleep. I believe, for me at least, I need to have my battery charged, or else I'm not gonna be functional. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm like, yeah, hey, good morning to the mic. You can, yeah, you, yeah. you can extend that out further. I see what you're saying. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, you see, you see how I'm talking. Oh man. So that that little top piece, you can like unscrew uh, unscrew it a little bit, and then that long cord you can pull I think out. I got it. I think it's better right now. Yeah, but like pull that one out some more so it'll be like closer, so you pull can what? they can hear you clearly. So like this. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and then like you, you see how mine I can. Yeah. 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 So you, you can pull. You can pull it more. I got it. I got it. My fault, man. For, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. I can, yeah. Yeah. yeah you better a now. Louder now. But I feel like um. You gotta charge your body, man. Like I feel like you know sometimes when people go go too hard, you gotta get a little rest, but then you gotta get charged. There's only so many hours of the day. Yeah. So I feel if I could be like super sharp for like twelve hours, sleep for eight hours, and then four hours, you know, do some bullshit. That's that's that that's a somewhat functional day for me. Yeah. But, yo, different people, different times, man. Especially when it's OT money or or, or like or if you're in like a deadline oriented, you know. What I mean? atmosphere or you're a hustler or a lawyer or a wall street person of hours is in there man and but definitely you know but but at least at least you taking vacations though man you, 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 you yeah you, at least make it work of the money to enjoy yourself so that's that's really important in life too man so hell yeah i, can't I don't wait. know when it hit like when i was like in my 20s 
I would be a school teacher and I would like, you know, wake up at like party till three, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, wake up at six, teach at like seven. You know what I mean? To go off at five and then start again, start pre-gaming at like five. Hours <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's when I was, you know, young and had energy and was dumb. Yeah, now, yeah. Now I got a little, you know, I'm like an older, older athlete. I, I don't got the energy I used to have, but I got a lot more wisdom. I know how to move. I'm not wasting energy here and there, man. But um, salute to you, man. Salute to everybody working, putting in hours, man. I'm just ready for Sunday to get here, be over with. You know what I'm saying? And then I'll probably have like 156, 157 that's hours crazy. for two weeks. Man. So you're averaging <laughs> 80. So that's averaging 80. That means on a seven-day week, you're averaging about 11, 11 hours a day every day. Uh, sometimes, well, shit, no, I was doing, no, it's, I, my average is like about 10 Ten. a day. Some day, between, I do between like 10 and 15 hours. Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah. A day, so yeah, man. But that's, that's working a lot of people, man. And, Hell and, yeah. And I think it's cool, but I also think like, Eventually, you know, I think you're going to do your own thing. I know you're supporting the podcast, doing the comedy. Right. And sometimes, like, in order to keep the income flowing for you to be your creative endeavors, you just got to gotta work another work job. Yeah. Five, man. Like, yo, I, have, I had, um, like, I was a teacher for a long time. That was, that was crazy. Especially in the white girls era when the students. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. And then being a journalist was really dope. I, I'm, I'm getting back into that. I'm Okay. I did that for mad years. And that's like right back then, it was just starting to be a full time job because the internet don't stop. So even when you go home, you know what I mean? They expect you to be by your computer if news happens, like forever. But um, yes, you know, salute to the teachers, man. Teaching Hell is yeah. full time. Teachers probably on average are like at least 100. I be on Twitter and shit all the time looking at how them them students be beating the shit out of their teachers Yo, now. Oh, me too. I <laughs> Yo, I won't lie. I, I'll tell you an experience I had as a teacher. There was this one kid, right? He was a big kid. He was 15, but he was in the, um, he was in the eighth grade. I was an eighth grade teacher. And this kid was like 6'2". I'm like, you know, 5'11". And, you know, he was diesel. Um... And he was, he started throwing some stuff at this girl, and I was like, yo, just clean it up. He was like, no, I was like, oh, come on, just clean it up. And then I was like, he was like, no, and I just walked up to him, I was like, yo, clean it up. And he pushed me, right? And I'm oh, like, he pushed you in the chest? Pushed me in the chest, yo. Uh -huh. And I was like, nah, you better get out of here. Don't ever do that in your life. You're crazy, bro. Don't ever do that. Uh -huh. And then, um, so... So he said, yeah, you're a pussy, you're a pussy. And I go, yeah, that's why you're a 15-year-old retard who's still in the eighth grade. Slammed <laughs> <laughs> the door on him. Slammed the door on him, yo. And then I had to meet with the principal. He was crying about it. But I'm like, yo, he, <laughs> <laughs> yo, he tried to get tough. He violated my personal space. And yeah. was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt bad, but at the same time, yo. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't the one to be messed with, bro. Like, they need that harsh hands reality. Hands on me, like, come on, man. Like, no, grown men don't put their hands on me. What are you doing, bro? Because I mean, I, I did say a little clever shit. Because I'm a slick talker, you know. What I mean, I say something slick to hurt your feelings before I, um, you know, I try and try and fight you physically. But yeah, yeah. go down in the classroom, bro. I know, I man. It's worse now, man. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, and it's like. 
in some in, in some schools it's like acceptable and those are like the worst schools man but i taught in the bronx oh shit i'm crazy motherfuckers no but i taught after school in the bronx so i had the best smartest kids who okay for my classes there for tutoring like and I, I seen the metal detectors when i went in but i never seen nothing like that anything crazy like you know closer mike closer than mike yeah like that yeah uh, i'm saying like you can pull that yeah, part I'm out. Yeah, I'm gonna pull it. I'm yeah, pull it should it. be closer. So we gotta. Hey man, so teaching in the Bronx was definitely. I see what you're saying. Teaching in the Bronx was definitely dope, man. Um, and I got to teach music too. I got to teach like hip hop music and and, and and like you know teach kids how to play the piano, but also the music business. So I think when when kids have an opportunity to learn and they're in a decent atmosphere, they're good. But when you're in like chaos, like it's Lord of the Flies when you don't really have no real adult supervision. And I think that's the problem with a lot of these urban classrooms that we see these fight videos going on, man. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I never had to um, throw it down. I taught high school, high school was great. I, um, every, I taught high school, I taught, um, I taught like I, I taught math to teach you know you know you know a lot of states have you got pass these tests or whatever so uh -huh. I had the MCAS test in Boston so I was teaching kids to pass that so they get their high school diploma and all them kids was cool and I was teaching kids from the hood too that I, I knew their brothers you know you know what I mean I knew their parents or I mean they knew me or whatever so that that was a good teaching experience but it goes it, it goes crazy but there's yo there's lots of good good schools unfortunately I hate to say it. It's like, you know, a class issue if it's like private schools with rich. You might have 10, 10, kids, 10 kids in a classroom know how to behave. But urban public schools, man, they might have 30 kids in a school, 10 of special needs, don't know how to behave. You have um, problems with poverty, problems with like single-parent households. And it's just, it's a shame. But the kids is good, man. The kids is good despite all like the, the negative surroundings of it. And those incidents don't really reflect what goes on. Like, I'm... Like anyone, you're gonna see anyone like working at CVS or Waffle House. You know they're gonna get Wally Molly Wop. Waffle House or CVS Molly Wop. Those are, you know, outside occurrences, man. And and I think with these viral videos too, like I see a lot of black white viral videos. People try and make it seem like it's the norm for like you know black people to beat up white people on the train, or it's the norm for like you know white people to be Italians. And I'm like, they don't represent. Um, humanity is just one isolated incident, but people kind of hyped them up. But schools are kind of fucked up right now. It's 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 it's, it's urban chaos. It's unfortunate. Hell yeah! So we got a lot to unpack, man. On here, a lot's been going on. A lot to talk about. Like, ah, shit, shit's been happening. Uh, All right. So, how was uh, your mental health? Man, it's been tough because I've been just on some financial stuff, like, just like you know, paying these bills, uh, making that happen, rent, like a lot of shit that everybody got to go through, you know, making sure rent's on time and then after rent like that. But um, that's, been, that's been a struggle, but it's been a strengthening struggle. And then really optimistic about the future, man, like super optimistic. So that's like really driving me. I'm really excited about um the opportunities i see coming up for this year and next year and taking advantage of them and then hopefully regaining myself and getting myself a platform to to put out my friends music to you know 
do a podcast with you and, yeah. and get some real interest and views on it and, and make myself relevant like the old white girls day. So I'm really optimistic on that. Going through family issues, which is always a struggle. Um, right. But it's good to see that, you know, my family's talking. So I'm really blessed in life, man. I'm really too blessed to be stressed. But, um, you know, like little things, man, like, you know, paying rent. I think I need to cut down on my drinking a little bit, be a little more healthy. Um, but I feel a lot, a lot's gonna, gonna, gonna come through just through you know work or opportunity. I feel like once I get through that focus, that that not only get the money, you know what I'm saying, to solve my problem, but also help me with my purpose. You know what I mean, and and help me achieve the goals, have the influence I want in life, um, entertain people, also bring. My people, who's really talented, man. I have a lot of really talented people I've been blessed to work with, whether it be podcasting, uh, filmmaking, comedy, music. Like, I have such a talented network that I would really, you know, I really want them to have a platform. And if it's me being the person to give them that platform, then God bless it. If it's someone else, God bless it. But, you know, if I could really bring them that platform where they could get their music or their opinions or they uh, comedy out to the world. Um, I'm really excited about that. So, you know, good and bad, like, you know, like the, the present is, is whatever right now, you know, but really excited about the future. I feel that, man. Hopefully, man, you have a nice turn of events, man. Good luck yeah, happens man. and shit. Um, it, it, it's there. It's, 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 it's the opportunities is there, man. I just need to take advantage of them. So, you know. I feel that. Yeah, I've been like on edge and shit. I had a little yeah, therapy working, session. Man. Yeah, just that, just life, a bunch of bullshit and everything. I talked to this little therapist yesterday. She was real cool. Felt a little better after we got done talking. So, gotta keep it. I, th- I think, man, a little vacation is gonna do me good. Won't be able to, I won't be working. I can just have fun, relax and shit. So, I'm ready for that. Uh, shout out to Bobby Huntley. He was on episode, the Bobby last episode. Hunt, Bobby Huntley did the new edition movie before they did. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm friends with him on Facebook. He's a really talented director. Yeah, um, he was. A, I interviewed him a couple weeks ago. My last episode. Yeah, yeah I, I forget what else. I've been following his career. Like I know he might have done like a Christmas movie too. I he think. he talked about that new edition <laughs> shit. I brought it up. Yeah, like yo, I, I actually um. I was talking to Stephen Hill about something else. I think this is around the same. So the same time they had the fake <coughs> BET coming back, right? They was like, yo. Oh, the uncut shit? Remember they, and then yeah. it was an April Fool's Day prank? So yeah, around, around, the same, around the same time. Hold they on, they got to they get buried for that shit. I remember Ooh, that. Oh. Yeah. It was what they fake punked with with, with, my, with that with that comedian. Oh man. yeah, yeah, King Batch. Yeah, King Batch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, King Batch actually, you know, he's involved in the Zeus the Zeus Network. Okay, one of my one of my homies and shit. He does comedy. He's been uh, doing some shit. Uh, Sean Grant. I've had him on a podcast. He he came up with Batch. Like they were real cool. Okay. I saw like a little okay. skit that they had did like not too long ago. Okay. Okay. But nah, so like at the same time, I was just a Bobby Huntley fan, and I I I, I don't know. I said something to Stephen Hill like, "Yo, y'all, you need to, to get to work with this Bobby Huntley guy and make this <coughs> new edition movie." <coughs> Stephen Hill's from Boston. 
I don't know if they ever did anything with it, but they did their own new edition series, which was right. probably, probably the best thing BET's done, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of it. That was a good ass. I know how, like how they really broke it well up done. in like three parts, two hours long and shit. Really well done, man. Like, I like all, that. All, all, all the actors were great. You know, I grew up with New Edition. Like, they're from Boston. Like, you know what I'm saying? Did um, you hear now they're uh, going to have a resi- residency in Vegas? I heard about that. Yeah. Man. I'm going to have to it check out. it out. I know all my. Um, all, all my homegirls around my age would love to go see them. New yeah. kids on the block, however. So definitely <laughs> check it out. Hopefully they, they get in the, the. I don't know. I don't, I'd rather go see them than Usher. I don't think. I, I want to go see Usher. I want to see that shit, well, man. I, I don't know. I, I would hire my chick for with Usher. <laughs> I would hire her. I, or, or I would just tell him to chill, bro. No, ho- hopefully she would just tell him to chill, like yo. Back no, I, I wouldn't even. Head. I wouldn't even trip because I know I'm going home with her, and it's like a once in a lifetime. I'd be like, oh, she go ahead and sing to my bitch. It's cool because <laughs> that ain't gonna do nothing but get her horny. She gonna throw that pussy on me. So Usher's actually throwing you the alley oop. Maybe, maybe. Unless, maybe. unless he be like, "Come on, baby." He take her hand and she go backstage, you and know you what? see her tomorrow. I, I, I actually think the whole Kiki Palmer drama over the Usher thing. I think that's also because they have like a friendship outside of the thing. Because I think when Usher got beat up by Chris Brown, he was defending <laughs> Kiki Palmer. They said so, it was. They said it was uh, Tiana Taylor. That's what I meant. I get yeah. them confused. But Tiana, okay. Which one is the married one with the kid? Oh yeah, Tiana Taylor. Okay, because like her and uh, she's married to the Nick, the ex Nick, yeah, Jumper. But they they divorced. I mean, they separated now. And then Kiki Palmer is married to the Square dude and has the kid. Yeah, like nobody knows who the fuck he is and shit. Yeah. Okay, so okay. I have a picture. Like, I, I have a picture with her right there and shit. Okay. And like my ex and shit seen that and was like, "What the fuck? Why is y'all faces touching? Who do? I'm like, bro, chill. Uh-huh. I didn't like that, man. Yo, I, st- I, I used to, like, when I was on, like, the party scene, I would take so many pictures with girls, and I would just, like, in retrospect, it's kind of a violation to put your arm around a girl like this. But like, <laughs> celebrity girl, I'm like, mm. <laughs> 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 You know what I'm saying? So I got mad pictures with, with all sorts of, like, video girls and, like, Rosario Dawson, a couple singers. Hell, yeah. It looked like we could be in a relationship. You never know. Hell, yeah. Nah, that's, just, that's, just, that's just me. And sometimes for the selfies, you got to get this. The only way you get the picture is you have, like, their faces close together. All right. Yeah, shout out to Bobby. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully he can uh, bring his newest flick to my brother and me, the screening out here. I really want to check that out. And then, so, he does a lot of, like, remakes from, like, real TV shows and throws, like, a little twist on it and shit. Yeah. And I just saw another one. I thought he did it with somebody else. I seen it on TikTok. They did, like, a... A little spoof of Bebe's kids, but a dark, it's dark as fuck. Okay. Like it's a horse, like kind of scary and shit. Where like you can see like the Robin Harris character and shit, where like he's driving the drop top, dropping them off and shit, but it's focused on Bebe's kids and shit. Where like, and they actually show Bebe in like a welfare office and like d- dudes running in and out and like the mama's like, the guys keep ghosting me and shit. So like the kids is like killing the dudes in the middle of the night and shit. That's like crazy. yeah, bro. So I, I I like stuff like that. Like you have like I like what they do with the Fresh Prince. But even before yeah, the Fresh that's Prince, hard. And this is kind of like what Bobby did. But they had someone who did like a dark version of the Fresh yeah Prince. years ago, and that's how they got the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit's hard. I can't wait for the new season of Fresh Prince to come out because I love how they did that shit. I'm going to put this in the air if someone I want to do a dark version of the Cosby show where where, oh, where Uncle Cliff is molesting his his gynecology victim. <laughs> 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 
and giving them drugs and stuff like that. And, 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 and Claire's like a mobbed up lawyer. You know what I'm saying? I mean, minus the mobbed up lawyer, that's real life. He are, we already seen that play out. He already did. That'll be a, a biopic for his motherfucking ass. You gotta have OJ up in there too. <laughs> the juice. <laughs> He's fucked up. So I, I spoke on it lightly when I was uh, talking to Bobby on the last episode, but about three weeks, three weeks ago, a month ago, I performed back home in Kentucky. You know, it went really good. I was excited. Like, I don't, like, get nervous to do shows and shit. But for some reason, I was, like, nervous before this. And I was, like, maybe because there's going to be folk up here that I know and shit. Yeah, but, exactly. Yep. But I got up here, you know what I'm saying, did what I had to do. And it was funny because, like, my homegirl Robin was up there. She was like, are you going to do the joke about Connor and Tanner? And then my aunt was like, are you? I was like, no, Amy. I said, that was a year ago. I said, do you really think I'm going to come here and have y'all come see me and do the same joke that I did a year ago? I said, I got so much new material. So, yeah, them other people was like, yeah, I thought that too. I said, bro, y'all slow, dog. What makes you think I'm going to just keep doing the same act and shit? Like, nah, I have a gang of shit. So they really liked it, man. And, like, my aunt and shit, she was like, you did so good. I really liked your set. And then, you know what I'm saying, my peoples and shit was like, some of the stuff that you said, I just cringed. I'm like, why? They was like, because it came from you. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, man, nah, it's all good. It's all good. He was like, because you was talking about fucking in the ass and this and that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, nah, it's all good. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, people liked it and shit. And so, man, I had a good time performing, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody. Let me see if I can name everybody. So my Aunt Amy, Dominique came, Philip, Pops came, Robin, Bobby, her homies, uh, my, <laughs> I, nah, I don't know if I should blow up the spot, but you listen to the show, you know who you are. I don't know. I ain't going to blow it up. Came, uh, my homegirl Stella and her daughter Maria came. Rob came. Barty and his lady came. Tank was up there. Jeremy, about it. Yeah, that's all the people I know. So I didn't post it on like Facebook. I posted it like on my Instagram and shit. So I was like. There you go. If you see it, you see it. Because I noticed, like, when I performed at that same spot last year, I posted on Facebook, and all these motherfuckers was like, oh, I'm going to be there. What time is whoop whoop I'm like, all right. And, like, none of those motherfuckers showed up. And I was just like, see, that's, that's the shit I be talking about. And uh, motherfuckers was hitting me up with all these excuses and shit, like, with the kids, whoop whoop Like, man, well, I don't want to hear that shit. Like, <laughs> just, fuck like, them kids. Yeah, I'm like, dog, like, I don't you shouldn't even hit me up, man. Fuck you. If you didn't show up, I I guess I would have noticed, maybe not. But like, it's just funny how I'll see motherfuckers who like swear that I'm like they peoples or whatever. And they'll be like, oh, I'm gonna come and see you, whatever, but don't. But then like let like Beyonce or some other motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? Well, they'll go see them, and them people would never would never acknowledge them or give them really the time of day in life. And shit like that. But let me blow up and it'll be like, oh shit, GQ's my people's woo woo. I'm like, man, get the fuck out of here. So I was like, I ain't even posting that shit on there. And then I noticed, man, when I post, like when I'm like out of town or whatever and, and different little shit, 
And if I have like little video clips, it'll have like hella views and shit, but like nobody like really likes it or engage with it. So I'm gonna show you a post. So when I uh when I did the show afterwards and shit, like the next day, I posted like pictures and like little videos and shit of uh that people had sent to me from uh from the show. And then like tagging motherfuckers and all that. So when I was looking at like the engagements and shit, hold on, this shit is, I'm going to show you something. All right. So it had 42 reactions, but 596 impressions reached 530 people. So uh, 500 motherfuckers seen it, but only 42 people reacted. And then I, what got me, I said, notice the analytic shit, because I seen the video said like a hundred something views. I'm, I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm like, motherfuckers want to be watching me and not give me my props and shit like that. And I'm like, man, that's the shit I be talking about, hating little motherfuckers and shit. Don't want to show your boy no love. That's why I be like, man, fuck these motherfuckers who I, who I grew up with and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not supporting the motherfucker thing they do because. I was showing love to motherfuckers strong back in the day, but it wasn't getting reciprocated. I'm like, man, fuck this. I go to whatever little business you got, you know what I'm saying, spend my little hard-earned or whatever the fuck, and I'm not even selling you nothing. You don't even listen to my fucking show or no, no shit like that, but let something blow up, and they be the first motherfucker. That's my people's. Let me get a ticket. To, hell no, nah, suck my dick. You better go to fucking Ticketmaster and get that shit. Uh, I try to not take it personal, man, especially, you know, I've been someone who's been pushing content doing shows and you know it's tough when you got to be your own promoter man yeah and, and but that's when you are up and coming artist up and coming podcast up and coming comedian that's that's how you got to do it and um i try not to spam people you know i try not to, to do things you know i definitely invite people to shows and you know if you invite 100 people to a show and you get 10 people to come that's that's a great result so if you hit 10 percent yeah. and, and even and even with me with scrolling, you know, there's a lot of shit I'll watch and not like. Like, if it's one of my friends or something like that, I'll definitely try and support, even if I ain't gonna even watch it. But there's so much just content on the internet, and, you know, someone might catch my eye if it's an account out of curiosity or whatever. But um, but likes is free, I, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, you watch my fucking video and shit. And I'm just like, all right. So uh, I was like, you know what? When I'm on vacation and shit, I'm gonna be like, for all you motherfuckers and shit, that watch my shit but don't want to show no support, keep watching me because I'm doing all the shit that you ain't going to do. I'm going to talk my shit. Yeah. But I was just like, like you said, it's free. Like, you watch the shit, you could have been like, all right, cool, like, or whatever the fuck. I'm just like, all right, but I know you motherfuckers are paying attention to shit. You little silent-ass motherfuckers don't want to show no love, show no support and shit. And when I blow up and act like I don't know you, duh, this is why. And we'll wait to if you bump into somebody and they'll know everything you've done but haven't liked none of your shit, you just be like, yo, so you just watching me out there? Like, right. You know, like, if, if you see what I'm doing, like, you could like a comment, like, and, then, and rather than when I bump into you, you know everything going on about my life and only only reason why is because you're you on my page. But God mm. bless the people. God bless the fans, man. Thank you all the fans who's ever supported me for even. Hell yeah. I'm from the I'm from back in the day when I had to get my fans to spend money. It wasn't even just giving me a like or a share. I, you had to pay five dollars for my CD. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to like you know approach people on the street and 
and, 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 and hit my friends up, hit my peoples up, you know, and they, they of course, they wanted on the free free, but, you know, <laughs> just trying to, and, you know, and even be like, all right, why don't you sell some CDs for me, bro? I'll give you a little, you know, we could split the profits, bro. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm from that era. I'm from, you know, you need to, you, to support me with money. Like, you know, like, I, you know, you could, you could be my MySpace friend, but I, I want you to buy my physical CD that costs, five dollars you know what i mean which i could sell for 10 but i'm gonna sell for five and still make my four dollar profit i'm gonna sell twice as many cds at you know at, at five than i would at 10 so i'm gonna make you know more profit selling them for five and for 10 because i'm gonna say so way more and but now it's yeah likes and shares and getting in the algorithm man it's important to get in the algorithm man so like i if I ever see, you know, any of my friends got a, a business or they're an artist or they're promoting something, I'm giving them a like, giving them a share, because that's how you help them get in the algorithm, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's how you can have your little voice be heard. But it, it's tough when you're competing with, like, big content machines. And people, people really think, like, Hollywood entertainers and content creators are some type of magic heroes and that their own friends and own people are just, like, you know, chasing silly dreams when... These people out here who is creating content and, 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 and who they're sharing or liking is just part of like a propaganda machine, you know, and they're sharing all this bullshit that the kind of media is forcing on them as to be part of group think when, you know, if everyone just kind of shared their favorite positive artists instead of talking about what what, art, what people, celebrities they don't like or whatever, we would have a lot more of an organic way of, you know, talent and content creators reaching the mainstream rather than the still kind of corporate control machine. But, you know, stay at it, man. And, and you never yeah, know yeah. who's watching. Yeah. You never know who's watching. You know what I mean? It might not be one of your friends or your family, but it might be a plug or, or, or someone who gets it. Like, your, your friends and your family might not get you, but you might have friends in, like, Norway and Iceland who get you. You might have, uh, you know some type of um, influencer or tastemaker who realize it's not always about views and you might be just getting, you know, 75, 85, whatever views on, on, on your YouTube or whatever on the SoundCloud. And, you know, that's mm -hmm. respect. it's respectable. If you get 100 people to, to, to listen to what you got to say, that's, that, that's respectable. And you don't know what who one of those 100 is. You know what I'm yeah. One of those 100 might be a person who might be able to really help you on your journey. Cause I had close to like 15 people that showed up, you know what I'm saying? And those are just people who either seen it. Oh shit. Lachelle was up there and, uh, and her roommate shout out to Holmes. But yeah, just people who I guess seen it on my, on my story. And then there was, there was some people who was like, Hey, listen, whenever you come back out here, let me know. And, I let them know. But I just think it's funny whenever other events go on, y'all kids don't have no issues. No, there's no emergencies and shit. There's always something. Uh, there's always an emergency when I got something going on. Yeah, but you named a lot of people who came, and I feel yeah, like, yeah, know, and love them. I wouldn't trip off the people who didn't come. Trip off the people who came. But I, I do know. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older now, so you know, having a lot of friends with kids, it's tough with the babysitters like that. And yeah, they might, they might make a special night out of Beyonce and spend five hundred dollars. And but they can't spend fifteen dollars on you. No, it's five dollars. Five dollars. Five dollars for a ticket. But people is caught up in the hype machine. They think like Beyonce's like going to church or something. They think like Yeah. These motherfuckers know, don't even would neglect paying their electricity bill and shit. For uh, yo, ticket. Yeah, man. <laughs> they, 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 it's the Queen Bee, it's their goddess, so you know, they 
People's propaganda is real well, man. Yo, I've never, I don't think I've ever paid more than forty dollars for a show in my life. Yeah, it's all good. I got up here, did what I had to do. You know what I'm saying? So I'll be better. I'm performing up here again next month. So I'm ready. Uh, That's dope, man. Yeah, got some more material. Waiting to hear back from this other club too to see if I can perform at that club at the Louisville Comedy Club on a Tuesday and then the Comedy Caravan on a Wednesday. So yeah, man, it's straight. So uh, any any comedians come out of Kentucky? Any any? Spike Davis. Spike Davis. Okay. Uh, he was on Comic View and shit. He did touring with uh, other comics. So for the last few years, he's been a comic on, I think, Carnival Cruise Ship. Okay. So, yeah, he's 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 had that gig for That's a, hustle. A, a minute and shit. So Because uh, we Facebook friends and shit, so he's always posting in different little islands and shit or whatever. So, yeah, he's doing that shit. Hey, that would be straight for real, you know what I'm saying? You'd be on a, on a cruise ship and you working at night, you telling jokes, you might – it might be one or two shows a night, you know what I'm saying? That's two hours of work, and then shit, you can be drinking and doing whatever you got to do and hanging out and shit on the fucking ship. Yeah, man. Yeah, so. Cruise ship comedians. Yeah, so he it's him and. Love Boat style. That's a, yeah, that's the only comedian, you know what I'm saying, that came out of the city and shit like that. Okay, okay. We was talking about Nappy Roots earlier, right? That was all, yeah. all, all off, off. Off the, off the microphone, but yeah, nah, they they came out of but Kentucky definitely got to be a really interesting place. Like people probably just know about the Kentucky Derby, Kentucky yeah. football team. A lot of talent has came out of Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Johnny Depp is from Kentucky. Oh yeah, I got some white people too. What's her name? Right, the, Jennifer Lawrence. Not Jennifer Lawrence. What's her name? She's a Kentucky fan. Oh, you talking about Ashley Judd? Yeah, Ashley. The Judd. Judds, yeah, they from out there. Uh, yeah. Fucking. George Clooney, George Clooney, Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bryson yeah. Tiller, Jack Harlow. They we all from my same city. I don't know if you to be too proud about Jack Harlow. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they love him in the city and shit or whatever the fuck. You know, he be going to like the little high schools and all that <laughs> or whatever. So, yeah, I who, think that's just marketing. Yeah, he's not here. You can't say you can't say Jack Harlow and Muhammad Ali in the same sentence. Yeah, uh, stat, Static Major. Static Major, okay. The group uh, Player, they from out there. All right, all right. Yeah, you got, got some folks and shit. You ever been to Kentucky Derby? No, nah, man, I never went to the actual race, but I used to go to, like, the parties and shit. You wear you wear the crazy outfit with the hat and everything? No, nah, I, w- I would go, like, to these, like, I would go to, like, these, clothes. like, no, nah, I was going to, like, black tie parties, so I would have, like, okay. suits on and shit. Okay, and uh, tux? No, I would just have my, I would just have like suits and okay, shit. I okay, never okay. got a tux for it, but I would like make connections with motherfuckers and shit. I would see them at them parties and then come back to LA and see them and be like, hey, like, oh, yo, a Kentucky Derby. So I would see them motherfuckers at like clubs and the gym. I was like, yo, you was at the mint julep and shit. They was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I love a good mint julep. Yeah, man. I, I do want to go to like the race one time. So. Hopefully, man, when I hit it big, I'm trying to be on like Millionaire's yeah, Road. You might be on that shit. It. Yeah, Millionaire's Road. That's where Muhammad Ali's managers lived, right? No, no, Millionaire's Row is a, a spot at the racetrack, okay. like the where the rich motherfuckers be at. Like, right, right, right. A couple years ago, like, well, this is a like, long time ago. Diddy was up there just handing out hundred dollar bills to motherfuckers and shit. That's like the the VIP level, you know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. So I'd like to be up there, but yeah, man, maybe one day I will fuck with it. But I haven't been back home for Derby in like years. 
Oh, maybe one I day. I always see the crazy outfits. I got some friends from from college who go there, and they they they, they got like you know they they have Steve Harvey at church outfits on. <laughs> yeah, some about like pastel spring type colors yep, and yep, shit yep, yep, or yep. whatever. And but like a lot of people used to always go to the infield. And like that's what was like crazy, you know what I'm saying? But bitches like showing titties and they getting wild. Oh, and I didn't know nothing mo- about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what that's what like the like the motherfuckers who can't afford to like be like up and then like good levels or a lot of people like going to the Enville because that's like where the party is and shit. It's like cracking. And then you see the white boys like in like the mud pals jumping in that shit or like they uh, standing on top of porta potties, they wilding out. Mm-hmm. So. I've heard motherfuckers say it was fun. I ain't never fucked with it though. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah, man. Over the last like month and a half, two months, I've lost a lot of people. Like nobody died. Just people's not in my life no more, and it didn't really phase me for real. Like a lot of them was like a lot of bitches and shit. I was like, man. I don't want to see, talk to none of these bitches no more and shit. So I was just blocking them, like blocking their phone number, blocking them social media and shit. I said, I don't want you to fuck with me. I ain't going to fuck with you. And then I was noticing, you know, friends that I was having was gone and shit or whatever. And, and like, I was trying to figure out because, like, I didn't have no fallouts, you know what I'm saying, with, like, people or whatever. So I was like, I don't know why the, they quit talking to me, like, cool with me so i was like man this is like the universe trying to make room like cutting people out of my life to make room for better things or what like i don't know man and like one thing i've noticed if uh if somebody ain't in my life no more i really don't be tripping like that like i've had like relationships with motherfuckers for like 20 years and like now we ain't cool and shit and i really wasn't tripping you know what i'm saying on that Social media have you have you thinking different. Like I, before, it was really easy to cut a girl off. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't have to think about her like that. Like yeah. that. But now with social media, you cut a girl off, then you gotta see her Instagram, you gotta see her Facebook, and you know, depending on the type of person you are, you might check their page. But you you have you do have control, man. And yo, it, it, it's 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 these people again. These people who's in your life, they just gonna be you know they they might be there on a ten day contract. Sometimes they might take that ten day contract and be an amazing player, and you might you know sign them for a little bit, maybe even sign them for a lifetime friendship. But a lot of people, depending on your journey, where you're going, what you're doing in life, besides your family, and you know you might have a circle of close friends you grew up with. Or you know, maybe some coworkers you're close with, but not everyone's gonna be with you for your whole journey in life, and that's definitely okay. Yeah, you know, there's only 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 gonna be a set people, and you know, there might be new people who come in, and they might be with you for a long time, and then you know, your paths might go. They might be going a different way than you're going. You know, they might take a different exit off the freeway, and then you know, so long. Hopefully, we'll we'll bump into each other again, but. The, the closeness you're going to have with them ain't going to be the same if you're not working together or, you know, if you're with a woman and you're not in a relationship with them anymore, the bond is definitely not going to be the same. And sometimes it's better for me, at least relationships was better for me just to, like, you know, fade away. Yeah. Well, like, like the cutting the bitches off wasn't, like, nothing. But I had, like, homeboys and shit, you know what I'm saying? It was That's like, who the... Honestly, it wasn't really like tough. Like I was like, damn, like I don't know 
what the fuck happened? Like, I ain't do nothing to him. I don't know why they ain't talking to me and shit. Like, but no, I wasn't like tough. I wasn't like tripping and shit. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I was just like, damn. And like, one of my one of my homegirls and shit got mad and like quit talking to me. Like, she's like said some slick shit, and I had to hit her with some reality. I'm like, yo, you hating on somebody, but you talking shit in your mama's basement right now. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And she's like, I'm never responding to that no more. That's fine with me, bitch. You know what I'm saying? But it's fucking true. You talking, you don't talk shit about somebody else and you in your fucking mama's basement right now. A lot of people talking shit in basements, man. A lot of people talking yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's the internet. The internet has, you know, the internet is the kind of almighty equalizer. I don't understand why celebrities or people would respond to, you know, people out of their basements, but they do because it's the equalizer. Like, normally, if I'm LeBron James and I'm playing in the game, Someone in the bleachers, I probably can't even hear them. You know what I mean? Like, at least you got to be able to afford floor seats to, yeah. heckle, to heckle me. Or better yet, be a player. But, you know, people people care about other people's opinions. I don't really get it too much. Yeah, that, that when you just got to stay focused on what you're doing. Of course, people are going to hate and say whatever they are, but you just got to ignore them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, shit. Like, if, you, like, if motherfuckers don't want to fuck with me and shit, that's cool with me, but like I'm cool knowing like I ain't talk shit about motherfuckers. I ain't fuck nobody over. So I'm like, so I don't know. There's like like there be times I be like wondering like why are you mad at me? Why don't you want to fuck with me? Like I would like to know the reason sometimes and shit. But I'm just like man, fuck it. Like I know I ain't do nothing to you motherfuckers and shit or whatever the fuck. So and then other people, I'm like shit. I right, you know. Y'all live y'all sometimes life, bless your people, heart. Sometimes people got their own shit and own problems and they don't deal with them well and it, it reflects on how they treat other people. So I'm just be like, real friends going to come back around, man. You might have to take a little time off or whatever, but, you know. Yeah, they, I just. They're going to wind up checking on you if they was real friends. And if they wasn't, you know, so be it. Yeah, I'm just like, you know, I just, I just, well, like, not talk. I'll unframe motherfuckers. Like, look, I ain't, you don't want to fuck with me? Cool, I get the hint. You know what I'm saying? I hear, I send you messages and shit. Y'all don't reply back. Got you. Yeah, I I don't get that, man. Like, but I, maybe people don't. Sometimes I think maybe people don't be on Facebook like me. Like, I understand girls ghosting or whatever, but homie don't need homies don't need to ghost their friends. Yeah, I'm just like shit. Fuck it. I don't uh, even give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Do what I gotta do. All right. So something that popped up in my head recently. I don't know what made it like pop up, but I was like, I wonder if that, if I got molested. So I want to tell you this story and you tell me if that was molestation that I went through. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for the listeners, let me try to flag this real quick so I can, when I edit, hold on. All right. Y'all going to hear some like silent cause I'm going to edit out. The details of who these people are and shit or whatever the fuck. All right. So when I was eight years old, these two girls. So it was. And her and my mom was like, cool. So when I was like growing up, we come and fucking stay with us and shit. And she had a daughter. She had two daughters. One was older than me, and another one, when I was eight, they had, they was in town. 
it was the ladies, it was her daughter and her niece. And I think one of my aunts had got married and they went, they had like their little reception at this like club or whatever. So my half brother was there, but he was probably like three or he was, he was mad young. So I remember something happened. He was watching TV and the, the niece, I remember she was a little thicker, not fat, fat, just maybe tad little chubby or whatever. I remember she pulled her titties out and showed me. So I was eight. They was like 12, 13. So she like pulled her titties out and was like laughing and shit. And I remember like wanting to see it again. I said, oh, shit. And like kept pulling her titties out. And then the other one, uh, her name. Oh shit! Well, I'm gonna never mind. I'm gonna edit it out so it don't even matter. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna edit it out so it's all good. So I remember she was showing me her titties, and I remember they said they told me I'm bro. I remember the exact words. They said you got a job to do. You need to do your job, and my job was to suck their titties and shit. Yeah, bro. Did I'm, you do it? Yeah. You was molested. Yeah. Damn. I thought they just showed you them. I was like, oh, you ain't nothing. And I and I, yeah. and I remember yeah, uh, eight. Yeah. I remember her saying she's like, You didn't even get no slobber on it, there's no spin on it and shit. Oh man, them girls is horrible. <laughs> but I remember <laughs> they might have been, been molested too, man. They just continue in the cycle. But yeah, nah, that's that's that's, my, that's, that's my bad. And I, I know we as men are supposed to, you know, think of any type of sexual conquest as like us being the predator or us taking control. But that that isn't really you know the case all the time, man. So that's unfortunate. You had to, to go through that um, at a young age. Like obviously now, I'm like, yeah, some girls. You know, I don't know if they're attractive, or whatever. But um, I was, I was like, you know, today that would be an exciting story. You could tell your friends, yeah, I was with these two chicks, and they was like, yo, suck a titty. I'm like, yo, that sounds cool and fun. But at the age eight, nah. And I think there's like a standard for like you know men where, where you're not getting the same sympathy. That you know, if some, if a girl, if an eight-year-old girl said, you know, man told me to suck his, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That they were, oh, you was molested, yo. You, you know, you need to talk to your therapist about that. That's crazy. Um. <laughs> but uh, I just remember, like, I, I don't know. I liked it though. Like, I, mean, I liked women, but, I liked but titties saying, and that, shit. That, 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 like, liked it, whatever. That's that's. That's part of molestation, man. You know, if you had your 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 wee wee sucked or whatever, <laughs> and like Michael Jackson, like that's the thing. Like he, you know, the kids was liking it, nigga. He was gassing them up, but that's not that type of. You think Michael's really molesting kids? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mike's Mike's a wild boy, bro. Unfortunately, he probably he went think he went through his own trauma, and then you know, rather than dealing with it um, through therapy or or you know with a mental health professional, he decided you know continue the behavior that that affected him. But yeah, that's 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 unfortunate. It's a common thing, and I think you know, men, we we don't get that type of sympathy. Like, like you know, I we might get laughed at, like ha ha ha, that's a funny story. But if a woman get it, but even, okay, even, um, pause real quick. I'm glad that you said about that sympathy because we're gonna talk about something else similar to that. All right, we'll go ahead. My bad. But even with the whole situation of of when you know when you have the male students having sex with the female teachers, everyone's like, oh man, you're the man. That's cool. And you know it's 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 kind of like oh wow you fucked the hot teacher, 
But in reality, you're like a lot of these, that's a lot, you know, it, 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 it's a lot of psychological undertones, emotional undertones that go in relationships. And that's why you have like statutory rape laws because older people, especially people in power, especially people in power should not be having relationships with, you know, people younger with them, people who, you know, prepubescent, not 18, don't have their own mind right because it could really affect them whether they be male female or you know what I'm saying so yeah yeah like you know that seems like something that probably might have been a good story to tell to, to, not even I think eight even even if it was like 14 15 and they were like 17 18 it would be a totally different story even I would say teen but you know some people come at age of 12 but eight is crazy bro the only person I ever told about that was my little buddy Devin in middle school I told him, but I never told anybody else about that. And I remember, like, that night, before all of that shit had happened or whatever, there was an umbrella, and I opened the umbrella up, and they was like, you can have bad luck. And I remember, like, they were showing me their titties and shit, and I wanted to see more. And then the one chick, her mama had came back home, because I remember she was saying, like, the club was hot, and she was ready to come back home, and then I didn't get to see their titties no more. So I remember I, I was like, oh, shit, me putting the umbrella up caused a bad luck for the mama to come home. Because <laughs> you have to see his face, he's shaking his head. I was eight years old. I thought the superstition of bad luck was like, oh, me putting the umbrella up made the mama come home. That's sad, man. <laughs> Yo, that's how you think as a kid, man. Like, as eight years old, I was not thinking of sex. I was not thinking of... I might have... I, I don't know. I don't know when. I think men from a you know young age, obviously... You know, um, obviously, you know, if you're if if you if your mother breastfeeds you, you might have like some type of Freudian attachment to breast. But you know, from a, I don't know, eight. Like I don't even know when I got into started getting the titties. I don't think it was eight. I was into toys, and I wasn't even thinking about that. I might have thought like you know, girls were nasty back then. I don't, I remember as like a little kid, like being at the pool, seeing girls' titties, and like being like attracted to it, and be like, oh my god, like. Yeah, like for me, but that was like 13, 14. Like, the girls, because girls my age didn't have titties, you know what I mean? Well, I'm just saying, like, seeing like older, like, like moms or like yeah, the teenage yeah, yeah. girls and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you were a little kid, like, being at the pool, just being like, oh, fuck, look at our fucking titties and shit. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I got into titties till girls my age had titties. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'd be at the pool like 13, 14. Oh, man, I love titties forever. Man, I, all my bitches know I love titties. I definitely love titties. I've had, <laughs> I haven't had too much, you know, quantity, but I definitely have some quality breasts in my life. Man. Dig. I like some, some some amazing ones, man. Like you know, hell yeah. So all right, so you would classify that as they did molest me then? Yeah. Damn. And they weren't, you know, they, they you know, it's, it's tough when they're not adults. You know what I mean, technically, but there's enough of an age difference, like. I think Lena Dunham, like, talks about, like, molesting her sister when she was, like, six and her sister was, like, two. And I don't know. This type of, I never had no curiosity like that with no family members. And I think I just kind of knew, like, you know, like, I think, like, I, I was taught young, like, yo, you don't touch people's private parts. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. just. But, like, I've never felt the urge or the thought to, like, assault or like do nothing to like no kid or yeah, no shit crazy. like that. Like I've not nah, never. They you know what I'm saying? Like high school kids look crazy young to me. Like it's not like, you know, like you know, for us men, like you know, a, a young healthy woman is something like that. But even 
even now in my age, it's like I need a young, healthy woman who's had at least, you know, I I I got to draft them out of college, like four yeah. years of college. You know, I'm I'm, I'm in my mid forties, and you know, I've tried to date like you know, twenty two, twenty three year old, like you know, recently, which has been interesting. Um, I don't I don't think that's that bad, but I think you know, but if you took a but if you you know took a three year out of that, and I think it's the power dynamic too, man. I think like you know if you're Someone's professor, someone's coach, something like that, and you coming in and doing that. But I think you know, after after a girl reaches puberty of the body and a kind of epiphany uh, and a development of the mind, like whatever. If you're thirty, you can mess with a twenty-two year old, forty. And I see people don't understand, and I I be sometimes watching them stupid fresh and fit podcasts. But what they saying is like the ideal age bracket for like all men is like 18 to 25. I I I I'm blessed like a lot of a lot of women I went to college with is in, in their mid 40s and they still look very attractive. You know yeah. I mean? Like some so yeah, no, like you good diet, good genes, exercise, you know, you could be a beautiful girl is going to be a uh, going to be a beautiful girl whether she be 25 or 45. I'm going to talk to a therapist about that, you know what I'm you saying? Should, bro. You know what you I'm should, saying? Bro. Because I feel like it didn't affect me in a negative way. Well, I don't feel like it didn't know. affect me at all in life. You know what I'm saying? Like that. So, but it just randomly popped up in my head. I was like, oh, shit. That did happen. So I don't know if you ever read Pimp by Iceberg Slim. but I'm aware of him, but no, I never read that one. In, 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 in the first chapter, he talks about, I think, me and baby two or three, and an older woman, like, shoving his face in her vagina and, like, forcing her to eat them out. You know what I'm saying? When he was like two, three, very young. And he wound up becoming like a very misogynist pimp. And I think, you know, a lot of that came from like him being assaulted by women when he was younger. And, you know, other things too. So, you know, there, there's there's definitely, you know, so I start like thinking about my childhood, like what, you know, what could have led to the reason why, you know, I'm not married, I'm 45, 46, what happened? It was with my parents. Like nothing really ever happened to me. I never had no traumatic experience. You know what I mean? I was, I was a little late in the game getting with girls, having girlfriends like that. And, you know, so I've been trying to think, like, why? And I'm like, you know, I think I'm good, man. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just, just kind of the way I am. Have, have you know, my little patterns. But, um, you know, thank God. Thank God no male, female, um, camp counselor, anything has ever tried to, to, to sexualize me when I was not ready to be sexualized. Bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's unfortunate that you, you had to be sexualized when you, weren't ready to be sexualized definitely at eight and i want to know like those those girls they might have had an experience too you know and i never thought about that i don't know if like maybe they got like That's touched crazy. or whatever or maybe yeah. they was just fucking around with other like kids they age and shit it could have been but they, they definitely had a a lack of kind of emotional understanding of the differences but like yo if you're a 13 year old girl and i'm sure i knew some 13 year old girls who was doing it with my friends and you tell another thirteen-year-old boy to suck your tip. God, you know what I'm saying? That's it's, it's whatever. I, that was definitely going on. I wasn't doing it, but my friends was telling me about that. Um, that's 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 acceptable. That's acceptable behavior for a sexually curious young woman. But to not have the kind of emotional understanding, like you know, like a thirteen-year-old boy is way more gonna go through puberty. Who's who's on the same level as you? 
it, it's way more appropriate for, for, for that to happen than to do something like, like if, if you reverse the roles and it was a 13-year-old boy doing that to an eight, you, you would send that kid to jail. Yeah. You, he would, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that girl would, ha- would, would definitely have therapy if he, you know, any type of, 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 of you know, private sparts, touching or, or oral copulation, you know what I'm saying? So, man, yeah, man, talk to you. And salute to you for even saying, for seeing a therapist. I think a lot of us black men, we want to be like, you know, emotional superheroes or whatever like that. And we will never want to think about us being like, needing anything or being soft or being someone who, who doesn't have it all figured out. You know what I'm saying? So salute yeah. to you on that journey, man. And Thank yeah, you. I would definitely discuss that with my therapist and see how that might have a, your relationships with women might be uh, affected by that you know what i mean like subconsciously uh, my mom fucked that up yeah oh yeah i yeah i think that's the primary one i think that's what i'm like my mom was a very like stoic wonderful caring person but she wasn't the most like affectionate person in the world and neither of my parents really never had no relationships like they broke up when they were young and they didn't have that after so like I think a lot of like you know, a lot of us see like relationships how our parents were. So like you know, if a girl or if a guy sees his mother, you know what I mean, like sleeping around or anything, he's gonna. That's have me. A, yeah, so you might <laughs> you might have that might have been a, a, a kind of trigger for you to see women as like sex objects. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than like life partners, I know you're 38. We were I'm I'm 45 and I'm married. You 38 and I'm married, especially being handsome cool person you are it's gotta be like okay. thank you <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying i'm sure it's not because of lack of options that, the, that, that 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 you're not married no children but yeah now nah, a lot of that when it comes to our relationships with our moms and, yeah. and other uh, other little experiences like that man you know what i'm saying like that's that that's crazy to me and i think like i see you see dudes in podcasting and therapy which is really dope too hell yeah and, and, and seeing therapy but yeah that's definitely that's definitely a little out of the line. Um, hopefully those girls didn't continue doing that to other guys. And that's, because that's almost like, you know, that's kids who's damaged, damaging other kids. You know what I mean? Like, so that's. But her cousin, I never saw her again <laughs> after that. But then the other one, I saw her growing up. I think the last time I saw her, I was probably like in high school, whatever, but she never mentioned that. I don't know if she had remembered or whatever the fuck, but. She might have been embarrassed or drunk or something. I don't know. Nah, not 13. Nah, they wasn't drunk. If 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 you out here having dudes telling eight-year-olds to suck your titties, what stop you from drinking? We ain't have no. We, had we, no we, impulse control. You could get alcohol. Right? No, on. no. Like, like there was, this was like the, this is like what, fucking 93 or something like that. Like, we didn't have no booze in the house or nothing like that. And, like, they, was, they wasn't driving going nowhere. Like, nah, they was just some little horny-ass preteens and teenagers. That's crazy. <laughs> but they obviously ain't have no impulse control. I don't know. Man, but, yeah. That's unfortunate, man. If you had any experience like that, like, I feel like, you know, I, I need therapy for different reasons. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I definitely have anxiety issues and, and other ones. But I think God bless God. I, I've had a, like, I think a lot of black men, like, kind of write it off. Like, people might think, like, it's like when I talk to people and and, and I'm like, yo, because of how I grew up, like, people think I'm soft. And it's like, 
because I didn't have like eight friends die or nothing like that. It's like it's not that I'm starving. I just don't have PTSD. Yeah. Like if you had eight friends die or or whatever like that, that that is something. And I think a lot of black men, especially who grew up in the uh, urban areas, in the crack era, you know what I mean? People people around our age, like serious PTSD. Yeah, you know what I mean? Through really traumatic experiences. And thank God I never had nothing like that. Like I might have got punched in the face. Had couple friends died but these these people who's grown up in cities black men who you know even if you, i don't even gotta be part of a gang or anything like that just you know growing up in the hood but i remember when i when i first came to columbia university my freshman year i thought i had like you know somewhat prototypical african-american experience like you know i seen boys in the hood and menace and you know i knew people who was um selling a lot of drugs i knew people who was fighting People had knives, guns, so I thought, you know, all right, uh, um, you know, I, I'm I'm going through like the American Black experience. But then I talked to him, I see my friend, and I, you know, I was telling him, about, you know, what I went through, being arrested, having a friend die, and, you know, what I'm saying a couple of things I thought was a little traumatic. He pulled out his yearbook. He went to Anacostia High in D.C. He pulled out his high school yearbook, and he was like, "Yo, this guy's dead. This guy's dead." This guy's dead. He's paralyzed. Damn. He, yo. So, like, especially during, like, the crack era, like, D.C., New York, L.A., out here, Compton, like, you know, people, people, black men my age, like, have been through a lot, bro. Like, a lot. Just, 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 just the streets, you know what I mean? Even if you have, like, a clear head and you're going to school and you're a college-bound kid, just, like, you might have, like, a cousin, a friend had to deal with like the crazy violence of the crack era or a family member who might have had a drug problem you know what i'm saying like someone else who might have been affected in other ways by it but there's a lot for our generation like to kind of have some type of therapy and i feel like they say um what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and i say nah that could be possibly true but what, what doesn't kill you might Make you need some therapy. Woof. <laughs> Woof. I know that's off top. <laughs> Hell yeah. I don't know what stronger means, man. You know what I mean? Like, I feel no one wants to feel their damage and no one wants to feel they've lived like a kind of crazy privileged life. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I'm kind of right in the middle. Like, I definitely have privileged parents, you know, um, access to education. And neighborhood wasn't, you know, I definitely got bullied, but a lot of other people really had to kind of, you know, worry about their life. You know, I never really had to worry about my life. Like, I, I always knew it wasn't, was I going to come home or not? It was, was I going to come home with a black eye? Or was I going to come home with a black eye and no coat? You know what I'm saying? Like, Damn. That was, that was my worry. In Boston? Yeah. Uh, nah, it's, it get jumped all that a little bit. Not all the time, but because it, it, it's, it's a thing, like, again, the crack ever. And once you, even if you get like, you know, good kid, good neighborhood, you might get one one bad kid who just turns a little psychopath and he want to rob everybody and punch everyone in the face. And then the, um, like the crack ever even trickled down to Cambridge, you know what I'm saying? Not, 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 not at the level it was in like even Roxbury. So that's when new additions from, that's Boston. That's across the bridge. That's a like, um, it's a poorer black neighborhood. I'm from a, a, a a different city, Cambridge, but it's very similar to Boston, but it's very economically, racially diverse. And like I was saying, like, we definitely got a lot of hustlers. We have a lot of drug addicts. 
have um, a lot of basketball players, a lot of rap artists, but one of the things that people connect with the black community that we don't have was a lot of violence, you know what I mean? Or gun violence in particular, like, you know, fist fights, whatever, occasional stabbing. But, um, but yeah, you know, but and even in that, like, I try and, like, discount my trauma because it's like someone else got it worse, you know what I mean? Right. Like, but that don't necessarily mean just because just because someone else don't got, got got no legs don't mean that it's not hard for me to hop around on one leg. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. So it's always like, I think it's black <clears> people <throat> too. Like we always be like, damn, well, we go through trauma. Like our, our, our parents went through worse. So you know what I'm saying? But like that. But that doesn't discount what we're going through and, 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 how, and how we got to deal with it, accept it. But you know. I salute to you, man, for 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 even open being open about that, and 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 even and, and seeing the therapist, man. That's not a lot of. I think it's very. I would like to see the percentage of like you know black men who who see therapists. Yeah, I talk a lot about therapy on here. I've even had like I had a black therapist. You know what I'm saying on here one time, but earlier you mentioned about them like not taking that kind of stuff serious because it's a a man. It's happening to a man from a woman. So I'm going through like a similar issue. I've talked about on her like two years ago when I was at work. This bitch, this janitor was taking pictures of me when I was pissing and shit. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. So been like going through like some little court shit or whatever the fuck with this. And uh, I had to do like a court. I had a court day like a couple weeks ago. I did virtual. Okay. And some fucking bitch, I, I, cause I had a, there was some shit, and I was like, "Hey, judge, look, we gotta move this back." And so the judge was like, "All right, cool." So some fucking whore was like, "This happened in 2021," and I'm like, "Hey, bitch, shut the fuck up!" I it happened in 2021, but this is the first fucking time we went to court. We gotta push this shit back. So I gotta go to court for that. And then yesterday, some fucking bitch sent me an email. Talking about when am I going to be free in January to do a deposition? I wrote back, I don't know. Like, bitch, this is November. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck I'm going to be available in January. Yeah. So they wrote back, that's not a uh, that's not a response. I wrote back, that is my response, and I'm not going to repeat myself. So these motherfuckers are trying to take shit that I said from the podcast and discredit me or whatever and shit. Motherfucker, I never changed my story. I said what happened. And fuck you puss-ass crackers and shit that's trying to fucking uh, defend a fucking sexual assaulter who don't want to take ownership. You know what I'm saying? Fuck you bitches. You buried on this podcast. And I know y'all listening. And I hope you fucking hear this, bitch, because this is for all you pussy-ass motherfuckers. You just got buried, you little punk-ass bitch. You know what I'm saying? Y'all defending this shit. You don't want to take ownership, motherfucker. You hired that bitch. It was your employee. Happened on your motherfucking time. And that shit caused like a lot of issues with, with me, like personally and shit. And shit I'm still dealing with now. I think a, a lot of like my anger and shit right now stems from this. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm that's added a whole lot of extra stress on me and shit, especially some shit that's happened over the last few weeks regarding this matter and shit, but fuck you motherfuckers and shit. I'll see you bitches in February, pussy. As far as a deposition, bitch, I don't know when I'll be available. 
Motherfucker. We were supposed to do a deposition like fucking a month and a half ago anyway. Shit, I don't plan that far in advance, bitch. I don't know what my work schedule is going to be. And I'd rather get money than sit around and talk to you bitches and shit. Cuss you motherfuckers out any goddamn way. Ask me a bunch of stupid ass fucking questions. Get on my goddamn nerves. But yeah, fuck these bitches though. Uh, what else? All right. So, for those who guys are not familiar with Casey, he is a a music video legend, <laughs> a song legend, a song that's been heard by many people. If you've seen the movie White Chicks, at the end of that movie, when the credits is rolling, there's a song about white girls. That's his song. Yeah. I first saw Casey in probably like 2003, maybe 2004, watching BET Uncut and shit, laughing at the video, the song. Hilarious. Don't tell Minister Farrakhan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, did you see, because I was always watching some BET shit recently, did you see that Rap City documentary? You know what? Shout, shout out to my man, Rockman Ali Bug. He actually doc, directed it. So, I know the di- director. We're friends on Facebook. We're somewhat friends in life with definitely cordial, interesting connections. But I haven't. But what I have been doing is that they've been having, like, old rap cities from 1995 on YouTube, complete with the commercials. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Complete with the commercials. So it's been a real, like, time capsule, not only seeing the music videos. And, like, we hold the 90s to, like, you know, at least people like me are, like, you know, these kind of old purists. We hold the 90s to, like, yeah, everything was so amazing. Like, yeah, everyone was so creative. There was a lot of bad music in the 90s, and it's interesting. Like, there's a lot of, like... And and it's like, I don't know if it's the Mandela effect because I th- I I think my brain is like a trap and I remember everything, but there's a lot of music in the '90s that I've been watching on Rap City on YouTube, so I've been watching the actual old episodes. Um, I have to look that up. Yeah, yo, just watch YouTube, like you know what I mean, like Rap City. Just look up Rap City for episode. And have the commercials, so they have wild, like, Carl Kanai commercials. <laughs> like a, a Chuck D video, rap slam video game where, where where rappers were playing basketball. It was, like, NBA Jam meets, like, Def Jam Vendetta or something like Damn. that. They have, like, it's really a time capsule in terms of, like, the product. So, you know, BET, they, they, they got a couple type of commercials. They got the black McDonald's commercial. You know Sprite. I mean? Yep, they got the black. Oh, <laughs> They had the best Sprite commercial with, like, Large <laughs> Professor and Grand Poobah, and I'm like... Oh, shit. Yeah, and I remembered it, man. So, like, I, I haven't actually watched that documentary, but I've been watching old episodes of Rap City because I used to love music videos so much. So, um, back in, like, the early 90s, they had Yo! MTV Raps, yeah. right? And Yo! MTV Raps was on at the same time as Rap City... And I lived in New York at the same time, so they had Video Music Box. So they just had a Video Music Box documentary. I think there's been a couple of really good Yo! MTV Raps documentaries that, that have come. But even the Yo! MTV Raps, if you got Paramount Plus, uh-huh. they got the whole four episodes of Yo! MTV Raps. So like, you know, when Tupac was on or when Ice Cube was on. So they got all these classic four episodes with the videos and... Okay, I'll check it out. I got Paramount. Yeah, man. And it's definitely really dope for me as, you know, that was my, I think for I think for a lot of people, like whatever music you was listening to between 
the ages of like 15 and 20, that's like your theme music for life. And I'm really blessed that my 15 through 20 happened like, you know, 90 to 95, you know what I'm saying, or 91 to 96. That was my 15 to 20 where a lot of really dope, dope rap music comes out. And then I still see it today, like it's the music that they're putting in movies. It's like, and I'm not knocking anyone else's era or saying like, you know, music is super better now, but music does go in cycles. Like, no one's really checking for rock and roll right now. You know what I mean? No one's really checking for rock and roll right now. Pop music, Taylor Swift's making amazing pop music. Rap's going down a little bit. But genres, you know, they have their their high points and then they ha- they kind of fade away and have their low points or they have their points when they get too commercialized, like rock in the 80s when you had all the glam rock. So I think right now, rap's in this, like, you know, commercialized phase. It kind of lost the spunk and funk and magic that it had when I was growing up. No disrespect to the musicians today. There's still a lot of amazing artists. But um, I'm definitely really love growing up in the rap city on TV raps era. So I haven't seen it. I don't have the platform. Is it on Paramount Plus or is it just on BET? I think it was on BET, but I watched it through the Fire Stick. I used yeah, one of the apps yeah, and shit. Yeah, I need a Fire Stick. I, I actually pay for like streaming services and stuff. It might be on like BET Plus or something like that. Yeah, I don't have B, I don't got yeah. BET Plus. No, I don't got it. Do you remember when they would do the New Year's and Notarized Top 100 videos on BET? Of course. That, that shit was dope. And then that popped in my head. And then the other shit popped in my head. They would do on Saturdays that little three hour block, the top twenty five. Where did like it would be like a random celebrity? They would be at a. Well, I, but I, I told you that Nick Cannon had white girls number two, but BET wouldn't let him play it for his personalized top twenty five. Oh, I do remember you said that yeah, uh, yeah, on the first episode you yeah. was on here. Yeah, nah, uh, so he wanted love. his number two video. Yeah, yeah, I forgot what he had in his number one. But and Nick told you what? Yeah, at the White Chicks premiere when I went to the premiere for White Chicks because my song was in the movie. So yeah. that's weak. They could have. So they can play it at 3 a.m., but they can't play it at noon. I was they dirty jump off that they wouldn't show with, with, with company. They just called me for booty calls at 3. That's fucked up. Casey, we need you. We need you after tip drill. What does that feel like, man, knowing that, like, Nick Cannon liked your video? Like, and then a few, it, it, may, it may have been about a year ago, Charlemagne has shouted you out on The yeah. Breakfast Club. No, I think, yeah, it was, it, was, it was this year, maybe like February. Okay. It, yo, it's really crazy because, you know, when, when, when I was making music, I was making music for the moment. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, like, this song's going to be on the radio for a bit. I'm going to do my video, and then it's going to be, like, another single. And then I'm going to have another single, and then, you know what I mean? I'm, and it's going to be... So, so it was, like, one song that I knew I thought could, could it'll break me. I'm like, all right, you know what I mean? It's going to be a little controversial. People, it's going to piss some people off. But also, it's going to be mad fucking funny. You know what I mean? Like, people are going to get the joke. Like, it's going to have a hook that's people familiar with. You know what I'm saying? So, I had, I had a bit of idea. It would be, like, popular on, like, you know, college radio. I didn't really see the video coming, but someone wanted to do a video for that. And then, um, when I thought it was on BET Uncut, I thought they was going to play it, like, once, twice. That's it. It's like one of the top five videos of Uncut history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, you know, they would just play it once, twice. They played the joint for four years. And what year did it come out? Uh, 2002. I mean, from oh, 2000, okay. 2002 to 2006. Oh, because I didn't see it till like 2003, 2004. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it came out like real late 2002, like November, December 2002. That's when it premiered. Because I don't even remember how I found out about Uncut. You know what I'm saying? Then I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then I just remember like, Senior year, 
Christmas break and shit, like spring break, everybody just staying up watching and shit, and then coming back to school, talking <laughs> about it, and uh, hell yeah. Uh, 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 uh. But, like, nah, I never thought people would be talking about it. Because literally, it's more than 20 years later, you know what I mean? I, I never re- really thought, like, yeah, people are still going to be talking about this song 20 years later, you know what I'm saying? So, I thought, it, you know, because, you know, music, a lot of the time, music has a little bit of shelf life, especially back then. Like, your song would play on the radio for three months. Your music video would play on, like, Rhapsody for three months. And then, you know what I mean? It would kind of fade away, you know what I mean? And then course you know people play the classics or whatever later but um i i i didn't really ever think it would last no, no 20 years and people still talk about it 20 years and you know i would have liked to have a career with you know more more songs people would also talk about but you know that white white girls gets people listening to the other music so it's just i've been really blessed to you know do what i loved and have an impact on the um industry that i loved and and still you know Still, still, still be able to have an impact through whether it be podcasting or you know I'm trying to get back to music, filmmaking, um, still be able to use my sense of humor and my smarts and you know being a, basically a content creator. Like music is one form of content that I've created, and to have one piece of content like still relevant 20 years later is great. And I've done other things like as I, I see people talking about a book. I wrote a book about a CI in Jamaica. People are still talking about that book a lot. You know, so a lot of the skits I, I, I've done, like, you know what I mean? I did a m- movie called Monkey Gang, a mockumentary. People still um, talk about the movie, watch the movie. A lot of the music I've done with Mankind is still kind of standing the test of time. So I'm really hoping, you know, like I'm saying, like I said before, I'm really hoping to open the door to my talented friends. And, you know, I don't need to be the, the mighty Casey making the, the, the funny, timeless songs or whatever. I just want to be a part of timeless music that other people are making and, and collaborate with ta- with um talented people. Hell yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? What else got in the notes about that? Oh, are you still doing like the, like the little AI? Yeah, man. You was on that kind of before like it was hitting like Yeah, big. way before. I've been on AI since so I got a I had a startup. I still have it, but we kind of got a relaunch it called mvgen.com. So it was a gift-based music video generator. So a lot of what's going on right now if people familiar with like AI um art and video generators is it's text-based. So it's a bit more the AI has advanced so much in these last few years. So I'm doing a lot of stuff with like AI chatbots. So I can make an AI chatbot of um, Rico from Paid in Full. I could imagine my own character, create my own character the same way I would write in a movie. But then I can make this whole character, AI character that you could talk to, have your own unique response. So I'm really excited about working that. In addition to doing like AI animation, which I've been doing through, through like music videos, so now I'm doing a lot, a lot in AI and, you know, again, hoping really that, you know, kind of crack the spot. I feel like you can only be ahead of this time so long before the time catches up. And I feel like, you know, musically, like um, journalistically, I've done a lot of things that I've been credited as being like a pioneer, but not necessarily have been stuff like to get me like real money and a legacy. Not that uh, actually. You know, white girls definitely got me some real money and it's definitely part of my legacy, but I'm trying yeah. to trying to hit a, like a bigger stage where where to have I can impact. So like it's a real great creative tool, AI man, and one of the things I wanna do is in the plan for the near future is working with like urban youth, underprivileged youth and teaching them how to use AI as a tool 
for employment, starting their own business. Because it, it's a lot of people might lose jobs, but a lot of people are gonna get jobs. And I feel like you know the um, the African American community, the underprivileged community, has been like people of color, working class white people, is really keeps on getting really fucked over by technology without reaching the profits and really help creating the technologies, content, like black people make Twitter, you know what I mean? Black people make YouTube, they make TikTok, they make the content for Instagram, but they're not seeing like the billions of that these platform owners have. So, you know, in terms of building our own platforms, I'm really trying to do that. Um, trying to show how like, Stuff that I, stuff like creative stuff, like making a like a movie like Black Panther or Into the Spider Verse that we might have thought would be impossible because we don't have these budgets now, is possible AI. So I'm really excited about stepping into the animation space. I've been doing um, like you know like little thirty second, forty second animated videos, and I'm really trying to do like you know full animated music videos next. Go on maybe a uh, short film, full film. So. The possibilities of working with AI, and that's another field I want to work with people. I want to work with um, people who work in AI and just regular creative people and show them how to use it and, and, and see what the results go and, you know, collaborate with people on that. So, yeah, mvgen.com, I got my other services, um, creative, that's more the AI, and I'm, the, new, the new stuff I'm working with is kind of creating these AI chatbots and characters, so creating, like, real thinking people you can interact with have a conversation with, but they talk like they're Jamaican or they talk like they're from Harlem or they or, or they talk mad perverted shit, you know, <laughs> or, 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 talk, or talk some racist shit or, or, or whatever, like really reflect what's going on in humanity and, and, and at a new, a new kind of medium for content creation and, and, and engaging immersive kind of entertainment. So yeah, man, I'm doing a lot in AI. I'm excited about that. Trying to do, I, I'm taking a break from the podcast space. I have my own show, Reality Theory. I really want to thank everyone who's been watching. I'm on like a research and development break. Okay. So I'm excited about what I'm next. I wish I could tell people about it, but I got to kind of keep my mouth quiet. I understand. For now. But I'm really excited about that. So I'm putting a lot of effort to make that, making sure that happens because, you know, not everything's counted. And I'm really hoping that opens the door for me to get back and, and work with, you know, my fellow journalists. My fellow um, podcasters, content creators, musicians, reggae artists, rappers, like trying to at least give people a space where they could create content that has a chance to like live forever and have a good legacy with it and, and creating a, a, a platform where, where this content can, can come from. You mentioned reggae. If... If all this entertainment shit fails, I'm going to move to Jamaica and I'm going to be one of those little river raft <laughs> guys. You know what the river raft guys be doing? Yeah, yeah. I be seeing them on um, oh on Instagram my. and TikTok, man. Do you see what they be doing on Twitter? Yeah. Man, bro, the rubbing the bitches with all that little shit. Yeah. And then the one dude was fucking the bitch on the raft. Did you see that? Um, probably, probably. So there was a well, video. Well, sex tourism is a big thing for like you know white women coming to Jamaica. No, these are black bitches. Black, 
black chicks is getting into the, the into the sex stores. I guess they're passport sisters. Passport. There's a. Pa- I don't want to say passport hoes. Passport hoes. They been passport hoes. It but, rhymes with passport bros. I, you know, I try. I know you say bitch a lot, and I, I try and stay away from them. Because <laughs> I feel like they kind of like, um, and I, I've been all like, they've been in, it been stuck in my head like words like bitches and hoes, and it, they funny words, man. And I love yeah. like, and it was so much classic content, and you know, Too Short has said bitch like so many funny and creative word, ways. But I feel like, I think that that affects my relationship with women if I keep saying them. Like I, I try and use asshole because women is women can be really horrible people. Dig. But if you use bitch, like I think it it, 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 it puts it on all women a little bit. And I know we can be bitch ass niggas, so I I, I like right. just calling everyone assholes and jerks. So password hoes is funny. <laughs> password hoes is funny, you know what I mean? But um I'm only saying it, I'm not justifying um hoes or bros. That's why I say passport sisters if you go. But I don't know. Password hoes might work. I think, I think, I think, like, and I was, I was talking to a friend, like, I'm not trying to get sensitive on stuff, because, uh-huh. like, they, they were saying, like, um, so the Simpsons, like, Homer can't choke Bart no more. Yeah, I just seen that shit. He's been I, doing I it for 20-some years. I, I think that's good. I think that makes, like, child abuse funny. It's like, ha, 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 so funny. Your dad's choking his son, like. Yeah. I think, like, even with cartoons, obviously, you know. This world gets weak as fuck nowadays, dog. Yeah, oh. obviously, I grew up with, with Wiley Coyote getting anvils dropped on his head, and, you know, people. You blow to the face yeah. with but a I think sh- double was, barrel. I think The Simpsons brought, like, a kind of, you know, more family element to it. And so I feel like, I don't think that. I didn't agree with Apu. I feel. Oh, I forgot they got his ass about. I think he might be back. I'm not sure. But I mean, that's crazy Indian me. cats own mini marts and shit, yeah. and they didn't even degrade him. They didn't degrade him at all. They didn't make him a stereotype. He had a family. He had goals. He he sung. He wasn't he wasn't a one dimensional character. And yeah, there. I I think you know what it is. There's there's a couple classes of South Asian Indians here. You have your your high caste people, and they're not the people working the cookie mart. They're the doctors and the engineers and the rich people. Yeah. I think they got mad at the stereotype, like, no. But that's that's general reality, you know what I mean? Like, if you have, like, Arab people who work in bodegas, if you do a pizza place, you know, if, if you do a show about a pizza place and a, you don't have an Italian guy there, or if you have a Mexican restaurant, you know what I mean? There'll be Mexican people there, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, now that was silly to me. But I'm not mad at the, what they did with, with, with not choking the kid, man. Yeah, I just I'm all, I, I don't want to see anyone ban. Like I would just, I would never say you ban, you know, bitch, hoe, nigga. I would never ban any of those words. But you can encourage people not to use them. You know what I'm saying? Because but I'm, but I'm very careful about, um, you know, I won't ban anything. Because if if I want people to stop saying nigga, I got to be able to say nigga. Like if I want to say yeah, I think hoe is a misogynist term. I got to say hoe. Yeah. So I felt. You know, and we grew up, we grew up bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks ain't no fun, and homie can't have none. And, you know, having good families, I think, was a, a foundation that kind of, you know, maybe strayed us away from being sexual assaulters or fucking, um, you know, people like that. But I think it definitely, like, we definitely grew up on a healthy dose of America. I'm not even going to say hip-hop. America, American culture is misogynist. And, and America, like... Hip hop didn't invent the, the bitch word. Hip hop didn't. Hip hop. If hip hop invented hoe, they just turned it from whore. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? They just they just made a little slang. So like these was words and attitudes that have been present in our society from before. But you know, sometimes so I, I, every now and then, like I think there's something only a woman could do that could make them an asshole. And then they like fucking bitch. I try I try and um take the word out. I call men and women bitches though. Dogs, you know what I'm saying? Nah, nah, nah. But I feel even, even, even if we do thing like we we call people like bitch ass niggas, the root of that is that being like a female is weak or whatever. Or you know, if you call a nigga a pussy, I feel even if we use it for everyone, like even with the N word, I know a lot of people. You know, even when I when I I I use the N word around certain company, I try not to around polite company. But you know, yeah, uh, I think that um. I try and use it in at least the a right context. And I think that's that's the most important thing. Like, even with bitch, like, if you're having sex with a girl and you go, oh, you fucking sexy bitch. I don't, <laughs> think, you know, I don't think that's that bad. I don't think that's that bad. But if you're like, yo, you whack, stupid fucking bitch. You know <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think it's the context behind it a lot of the time, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see you, ho. Like, you could joke around with shit and use these terms, like, but I feel like people need to have, like, like, even with the N-word, like, it's, it, it, you, you could be like, yeah, I'll shoot that nigga. I'll slap that nigga. Fuck that nigga. But you can't be like, yeah, I'll shoot that king. I'll shoot that king. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck that king. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot harder to say it, you know what I mean, when you use other terms, but. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm bad with my own stuff, especially in private conversation. But I know, especially if you're dealing with uh, a, a woman, and women can frustrate men like no other, it's real easy to go on that B word, bro. It's real easy. Oh, fuck that bitch, man. Oh, my God. What's that bitch's problem? But sometimes you just got to realize, like, that person's just an asshole. She don't represent her whole gender. The next one's going to be way better and way chiller. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hell yeah. I just happen to fuck up and catch a crazy one. Man. Move on. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Shout out to Andy Brashear. He won his second term as the state of Kentucky's governor. Oh, shit. Wrong one. There you go. How y'all keep electing Mitch McConnell, though? Like, <laughs> Oh, bro, he's going to die soon. I can't wait for his bitch ass to get out of here. glitching. And, yo, you know he was moving at Yay, too. And I hit no... People connect him to Coke, but it's really his wife. His yeah, wife they all crooked as fuck. To a Chinese family that moves wild Coke. Probably so. so. He's getting mad Coke money. Yeah. And, and, but his but 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 it's his wife's family that funds his funds his campaign. But I don't understand, bro. Like if you're if you're if you're in an Uber right and your Uber driver just glitches, you're not going in that Uber driver again. If you're if you go to a barber shop and your barber just freezes. <laughs> he gonna die soon. He he's on his way out. No, you know what I'm no, saying? Like, look how long it took to die. These motherfuckers don't die, man. Evil white people don't die. Bro. <laughs> Evil white people be like 120. Tupac hit 25. Mitch McConnell be like 125. Yeah. Dick Cheney still alive. George Bush was almost 100 when he died, man. These these evil motherfuckers. I don't know. I, I think I don't think they ever had like a warm heart. So it's just hell yeah. The ice just keep pumping through their veins. Or and I want to say, fuck you to Daniel Cameron, you little Uncle Tom ass nigga. You lost, you little punk ass bitch. He was a black Republican running in Kentucky. Yeah.
You just got buried, you little punk He's ass He's a black Republican bitch. in your hand? Yeah, so he was the one that decided not to press charges against the police that killed Breonna Taylor. Okay. So a lot Yo, of the- I I don't want to have no argument, but I had some shit, but Breonna was in the streets a little bit, bro. No, okay, no. And, and I'm not saying it was justified, but someone was bucking. That was, that was a crazy situation. No, 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 here's the thing. There was never no evidence of her. So her ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. was in the streets. But there was no drugs, nothing, you know what I'm saying? And she had a new dude, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, she had a new dude. And he was my, a regular my, my, worker. So here's, here's what he said. Who did? The new dude thought it was the old dude when the police was knocking. So that's why he ain't open up or comply. And they were saying, a couple of people were saying she was shot. I think there'd be certain situations and they'd be hyping up a lot of these police brutality cases. And like I think a lot of this stuff, especially with the George Floyd stuff, was like hyped up to like divide and conquer, make Democrats look good. And I do think police brutality is, is definitely a problem, but I think there's a lot of people who manipulated it. And they take little situations that are bad situations where the cop were in the wrong, where they fucked up, they made mistakes, but it wasn't no assassination attempt. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. cops fucked up, made a mistake. And I think... um. You know the the person the cops was looking for was already in jail. Yeah, because they did they did like seven raids at the same time. No, they did one. They just nah, nah. It was multiple places. Uh, I don't know what they got the boyfriend first at his location and that. Other what boyfriend? They had. But I heard those cops was dirty in the first place too. On and that's the I think that's the yeah, bigger yeah. problem. People focus on like police brutality and the wrong thing. Police is the ones keeping the drugs on the street a lot of the time. A lot of these police is corrupt. And that's yeah, what I heard yeah. about that Louisville drug task force. Like, oh yeah, Vice TV did the thing, uh, expose on them. They wasn't trying to kill her. They might have been trying to take that work though. Yeah, but there was there was no work ever found. Probably because they took it. <laughs> but but no, you know if it if there was, they would have said it because they could have used that to justify. Like they, they found nothing illegal in her career. Now, she was definitely in them streets, and she was helping the boyfriend. Like they had the text messages too, and I think like. She might have rented the car. I think the reason they started investigating her was she rented the car that, like, one of her, um, the first boyfriend, the gangster boyfriend, she rented the car for him or whatever, and then someone wound up dead in that car. Oh, okay. They started watching after that. But um, I'm not saying that don't mean the DA ain't no Uncle Tom. I feel like a lot of people just kind of take, like, positions, like, I got to take the Republican position. I got to take the Democratic position. I think sometimes it winds up being bad because, like, if a, if a black person is like, nah, I don't want to do the Democratic thing or think like that, people think, oh, some free thinking stuff. That person's the Uncle Tom because they don't fall in line with, with the kind of the agenda. And, my, and the agenda, a lot of the time, is not really created by black people. It's created by white people for black people. You know I, I think that Daniel Cameron is married to... One of McConnell's relatives or some shit like that. Okay. <laughs> I think I know. I remember. But he lost. But now nah, I remember who you're talking about now. Yeah, his bitch ass. He, he kind of looked like Wayne Brady a little bit. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Pug ass bitch. He's definitely you're like your prototypical, like, stiff, swagless, cornball black Republican. Yeah. Everybody was like, it was happy. Like, he lost and shit. Like, he really didn't have a fighting chance for real and shit. We'll see, like, a lot of these cities where the Black Lives Matter happen and they get rid of the protesters or whatever, like, the violence has gone up in a lot of these places, man, and, 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 and you know how to get into the protests. And I understand, like, you know, 
urban gun violence or whatever, black on black crime is different than um, police killing people. But people say when the police do it, when, when, when black people, you know, murder people, they get caught, they go to jail. That's not true a lot of the time because black people don't snitch. In places like Chicago, it's just like 30%. 30% of, I think, every murder even goes to trial. Mm. So that means out of every... So let's say there's like 500 murders in Chicago. That means like 300 is, is unsolved. You know what I mean? No justice or whatever. But, um, but I, I don't like Democrats or Republicans, man. And I feel man, there's a lot of shucking and jiving you got to do to become a black Republican. Like yeah. your boy Tim Scott, he's horrible. South Carolina. Oh, so yeah. He, he, he's a funny dude. His whole stick is. This, this dude really got the, like, he's, I think he's gay like Lindsey Graham, but <laughs> he's saying he got a girlfriend. She just don't live around here. Like, like he's, he's older than me, and he's like, why aren't you married? Like, he's like, I got a girlfriend. She just don't live around here. Yeah. He's, he, he's, he's, he's my, the cornball black Republican of the month. And then you got Larry Elder, who's interesting. Oh, I think yeah. people need to step up their arguments, man. I think, like, there's, there's way more to ways to think than just like Democrat or Republican, and I definitely think that um, Democrats kind of uh, took advantage of Black Lives Matter and like politicized it and tried to hype up every chance. Cause you notice we don't hear nothing about no black people getting killed by the police until it's a election year. Like the police kill black people all the time. Yeah, you only hear about it like election years or when they kind of want to weaponize it so when was the last time you heard of a black person get killed by the police shit i really ain't been watching it oh shit just um i just seen them when they said they wasn't gonna charge the one officer when they he choked that one dude out i forgot i just heard that shit earlier uh i, I forgot where it was though okay but yeah and then those one uh five black officers beat that one dude to death yeah, yeah, yeah. that they, was a minute ago though it was like six months ago yeah, fuck all law enforcement. They know how I feel about their ass. Fuck them bitches. You just got buried, you little punk ass bitch. Not to be contrarian again, but a lot of the places they say, like, you know, stop law enforcement. That's when there needs to be something. Not police, not the way it is right now, but there needs to be something out there that stops people from killing each other. The Guardian Angels. Remember Guardian them? Guardian Angels. <laughs> <laughs> Need to bring Let him back. bring the Guardian Angels back. No, they're, they're back in New York. New York has gotten crazy, so crazy that the Guardian Angels are back. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah. Damn. Hell yeah, man. Shit's fucking wild. What'd you think about this whole Dwight Howard shit, man? Yo, I right, I'm going to talk about it because it's an interesting subject. And I'm actually, so Dwight Howard's baby mother... Which one? Royce Reed. Okay, yeah. So I'm a fan of hers. I think she's cute. I was a fan of hers on Basketball Wise. She was always ugly to me. I thought. I think she's maybe it's because she looked like a girl I had a crush on, and I like those those spiky little, uh, young dark skinned girls. Okay. So I follow her on Instagram, and I follow her in the news. Now here's the craziest thing about it. I'm a I'm a, I'm a involves a, a, a minor. Dwight Howard's son was accused of. Sexually assaulting his like stepbrother. Oh, I didn't know it. Yeah. When was this? 
This was maybe like two years ago, two years or three years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, it involved a minor, so you know, they didn't like. But I actually looked at the court records. It was pretty disgusting. And this is very similar to your discussion of you know you needing therapy for your incident. But where it came from is he was the Dwight Howard's son was doing things that Dwight Howard is now being accused of to really young kids. You know what I mean? And him being him being like the same age those girls were and the person being like the same age that you were. Okay. But this is male on male. Um, so again, I have no problem with anyone's sexuality, but I think like, where did the son learn that from? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the son said something like, I made him do the Dwight Howard to me because I was angry at him. Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... That stuff's not funny. Everything else is just kind of funny, and I I don't know like the dude, <laughs> but I do think I, I I do think like if I'm going to have consensual sex with someone, you can't just have no one else come out the closet. Like you going, <laughs> going to a hot girl's house like this, you about to get it on, and a midget pops out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yo, nah, I didn't I didn't ask for this freak ass boy. Yeah, yo, you know. <laughs> And, or, or someone transgender, and I, I feel like you don't bring a transgender into the equation without, you know, and, and even if someone's gay or someone is it, straight, you'd be like, hey, I'm going to bring this transgender out of the closet. You know what I'm saying? But it's not, it definitely sounds like an R. Kelly, R. Kelly song, Trapped in a Closet, Trapped 8. Yeah. Ray Howard. But um, I think he handled it pretty well with sense of humor and everything, but um, he just need to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm gay. Like I read media takeout and stuff like that, so I'm I forgot about that them. Gossip. So this stuff's been going on for a while, and then the stuff with his son is really disturbing, bro. Like you gotta know where 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 he learned that from, man. Like so, it's not it's not just you know he's fun, haha, it's funny, he's gay. It's like. And Seven. being gay don't make you a sexual predator, bro. Like he don't right. need to like show, forcefully give oral sex to people. And he's a big dude too. I'm about bro. to say a big swole ass sissy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the white yeah. freak ass boy. Yeah, nah. I only knew it because I had a crush on his baby mother. Oh I shit! Follow her drama and like the stuff with her son. And I was like, is she getting it because she's a like child, you know, she's a neglectful mother. That's what's wrong. But now the more I'm reading, I'm like, yo, she's the, the, the boy saw what Dwight was doing. I was like, word, that's how I'm getting my. Damn. But it's, it, and again, it's not a laughing matter at all. Again, when we talk about like people that young and it's unfortunate that people 13, 14, who is not really adults and can't really be, you know, whole criminally liable for doing these horrible things that. If it was an 18-year-old that would do it, like, they'd be in jail, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. Because they're a little younger and they're still kind of in the middle, they're figuring out themselves. But that doesn't take away any of the trauma it is, the trauma it gives to people. So, nah, the Dwight Howard is crazy. People just really need to live their truth. And if you are gay, that doesn't give you the right to forcefully, you know, form all sex on people. Right. And, um, but, yeah, man, a little bit of it's funny. Um, <laughs> A little bit of it's sad. A little bit of it, I think people just need to like live their truth. Us, it's gonna come out in a weird, perverted way. Probably, yeah. you know, just have a have a nice gay relationship. But I think he's a yeah. 
And I don't know. I think I was, I was, someone was talking about a theory, like, you know, someone like Dwight Howard who's been able to get, like, any attractive woman that, that he'd want, you know, rich, tall, you know. Yeah, I thought I thought he was running through the white girls and shit. He liked dick. Yeah. Now, he might like both, man. He's, 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 a, he's a trisexual. He'll try anything. Man. But, yeah, no, nah, that's, that's, that's my thoughts on Dwight, man. My, my, my thoughts first went to, the, went to his son. I'm like, wow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. If you're gay, you're gay. Like, it doesn't really matter. But if if, if you're if if your if your sexuality is trickling down to your son and he's doing acts with like you know prepubescent eight year olds, like similar to what you went through, um, it's a problem. Yeah. Because I, I even in the thing like I was reading the court cases, like the son would observe his dad would having sex. Damn. And that they didn't say. I, I assumed. It was with women, but now I might not assume that. Shit, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, it's going to be tough, man, because, you know, I, I would like to see him on uh, the Celtics need a, a backup center, but I, I think, like, just those allegations, like, the shit talking is going to be crazy. Bro. Man. He can't come back. He need to just play in Taiwan where. Yeah, he better go back. <laughs> yeah, you come back to the league, they're going to eat you up, and the fans is going to eat you up. Man. You know, uh, I just seen something on. He's about to start a podcast. That's good. Good for him. Live your truth, man. And I forgot what the name was, but it's kind of flagrant a little bit. The name <laughs> of that shit. About a month and a half ago, I went to the dentist. I haven't been to the dentist in like two years, something like that. I'm I went. Four. Yo, so this it was the it was in Beverly Hills, just down the street. This was the sexiest fucking dentist I've ever oh, saw man. in my life. Man. She was so fucking cold. And I didn't even know she was a dentist. I thought she was like a little assistant or some shit. Because this one dude who was like prepping me or whatever. So then she came and started doing like these little x-rays. And like the, the whole dental technology has been so advanced and shit. They can take x-rays where you just, it was so, they got some like weird ass dope shit. So she's doing whatever the shit that she's doing. And then she left, and I was like, is she the dentist or the assistant? He's like, yeah, she's the dentist. Because she was like, hey, babe, and all this little shit. And I was like, what the fuck? And you know what I'm saying? She had, like, the fucking lip fillers and shit that them bitches in Beverly Hills be yep. getting all that little shit. But she was around my age and shit, you know what I'm saying? This motherfucker was fine as shit. I, I would go to the dentist every week to see her fucking ass. My last dentist was, <sighs> was, it was a, a family of bad, like, Trinidadian Caribbean women, and they was all like the receptionist was gorgeous, the assistant was gorgeous, and the um the dentist was gorgeous. It was like a string of them. Yeah, and then I I ain't been back. I would be I would be back there if I had been in L.A. all this time. Yeah, I needed a cleaning and shit. They had a little special ninety nine dollars. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to get a ninety nine dollar cleaner. I need that man. Not looking like. And the fucking the office was was like cool, a little setup. They had like the. They had like Fiji water and shit. I said, "Oh yeah, the fancy place. They got the good waters and shit, man." But yeah, that motherfucker, man, she was so fucking cold. Oh my god, I was a shit, man. Yeah, she could got it. Shout out to that dentist with your fine ass. I don't, I don't even know what the fuck your name is and shit. But yeah, fine ass. You and you can get a hundred dollars out of me again, bitch. And I ain't even fucked. Man. $100, man. That's a good price, man. Yeah, for x-rays and the cleaning, hell yeah. yeah Need that little shit. So, yeah, man. Uh, 
They matter of fact, they they trying to get some serious money out you because they fucking called me the other day and left me a message like, yeah, when when you want to come back? Oh, yeah. I don't want to come back. I took advantage of the first time patient cleaning. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't coming back. You said fuck that. I'm gonna find another first time place. Well. I have insurance and shit, so I went to the dentist or whatever. They took x-rays, and I'm like, are y'all going to do the cleaning? They was like, no, we have to submit a request. I'm like, what the fuck you mean you got to submit a request for this shit? So that pissed me off. I'm like, I need to clean it right away, man. So I just went and did that little shit. But, yeah. Matter of fact, yeah, because the last cleaning I had was two years ago when I was in Thailand. Okay. And it popped up on my memories. I left to go to Thailand two years ago today. And I was like, oh, shit. And it's wild because the day before, I was fucking with this little Mexican bitch. We filmed a, I mean, we recorded a podcast. And then the next day, I fucking flew out to Thailand and shit. That was a good-ass trip. I went out there for my birthday. I, was, I stayed for, like, about three weeks. Three weeks in Thailand? Yeah, man. I had a good-ass I was getting fucked up, uh, drinking, partying, me and my homegirls and shit. We had a good-ass fucking time. Eating a bunch of random-ass different little food. I missed it over, so I got I to gotta get back. I was I was there in, in April, shit. But I don't. I want to go back. It's one of my favorite places. But I, I, I need to check out. I was a promoter about doing a show out there. He runs a bar, but I don't. I don't know if the money and the location or the accommodation was right. But I might. I might go out there. We'll see. Yeah, it's hella I don't cheap know if I'm and too shit old out there. To tour or, or travel like crazy like I used to. Shit, if the money's involved, hop on that shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. So before we get out of here. Tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, you could definitely find me, uh, Casey Gain, on Twitter. That is also my Instagram, and I believe my TikTok. Um, if you're interested, I have a, my YouTube channel is Casey Gain. I have my Reality Theory TV show there uh, with a lot of good bits on like history, political science, current events. And I also have my AI animation on that same channel. So that's the stuff I was talking GQ about. Um, definitely check out Mankind Music Academy. That's a group that I manage and collaborate with. Mighty Casey, just don't just don't stop at white girls, man. I got a lot of music. I got um again, I got a lot of songs. You can just look Mighty Casey, Mankind. You see a lot of our collaborations. Got um song No Gunman. I think I'm gonna promote it a little more. And yeah, that's about it, man. Lots of big things coming in the future. I'm really my reality theory is definitely on hiatus, but that doesn't matter unless you've watched all of them because I have a lot. I think I have like 23 episodes. Okay. And it's you know you can watch them in chronological order. Um, definitely they kind of all connect, but definitely check out my reality theory TV show. And then really looking forward to like what I'm doing. With AI again, I'm working with AI chatbots. We're gonna look them out. I'm gonna try and for Black History Month, and I'm looking for someone to work with. I want to have it so you could interact with Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. You can have conversations with them with the AI chatbots. I'm gonna try and launch that for Black History Month. And a couple other things, man. I'm I'm hoping that I could, you know, um, show and tell. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully next time I'm on this podcast. I could have some real exciting news to share with y'all, and I'm excited about that. Hell yeah, man. Shit. You can come back anytime. Yeah, man. Hopefully I'll come back, man, with some good news. Hell yeah. I want to thank y'all for listening. 
Oh shit. I don't even feel like fucking with it. I was gonna do the shout outs and all that, but I'm tired. I don't feel like it. Shout out to all the, the countries and the cities that listen on the next episode. I will give y'all y'all shout out. But as always, if you have a dream, you have a goal, you have an idea, go after that shit. You know what I'm saying? Don't listen to those motherfuckers that'll say, ah, oh, that'll never work. Most of the time it's somebody who ain't never did shit in their whole fucking life. Or they tried it and they failed and they gave up because they pussy ass bitches don't be like them. I'm sending out fresh vibes, good health, good wealth to those that are deserving of it. The ones who want to the same for me. Hope y'all get y'all money up. You know, uh, the holidays is coming up. Fucking Thanksgiving is in about, about two, three weeks or whatever. So, you know, hopefully your peoples can cook. Hopefully y'all ain't got to deal with a bunch of bullshit. You ain't got to see your stupid ass in-laws or whatever the fuck. And yeah, man, happiness and all of that. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about doing a little house party in about two or three weeks, man. So if I do it, I'll let you know you can come through and all of that. Uh, If I know you personally and shit and you listen to this podcast and you in L.A., let me know if you want to come to the the house party because... My birthday's next week, and then Turbo's birthday's the week after, so me and that motherfucker thinking about having a little birthday party and shit. But yeah, fresh vibes, good health, wealth to all of y'all. Everybody out there who be lying on me, talking shit, hating, or watching me silently and not saying nothing, giving me my props. You bitch-ass law enforcement that be listening. You bitch-ass lawyers and all you other pussy-ass motherfuckers. I just want to say, fuck y'all, eat a dick and die slow. You just got buried, you little punk ass bitch. And I mean that motherfucking shit <laughs> from the top of my heart, bitch. But yeah, man, it's the first podcast. Thank y'all for listening. And yeah, y'all ain't going to hear from me next week because I'm going to be out of town. So I guess the week after, whatever the fuck. But. Y'all stay fresh. This podcast has been presented to you by Extraterrestrial Enterprises.